Let us pray. Father, Lord Jesus Christ our Lord and Holy Spirit, even now, blessed be your name. Come and unite with us so that we may continue to worship you, to adore you, and to serve you united in Jesus name amen this morning i have come to introduce you one of the best cars in our region or in our country and that is the town and country chrysler car I'm not a dealer, but I love this car. <laughs> I love it. And it's one of, this, uh, one of the uh, Chrysler Company's production. And what makes it unique is this truck has two names, dual names for dual purpose. It is town and country. Though it is one unit having one body, it is engineered to endure in all places under all circumstances. You can drive it in the city, the small roads of, this, of the city, or rough roads in the country. And here, in our church, at St. Luke Lutheran Church, we tease each other. Those who are serving most of our time in downtown, we say, are we meeting in the country? Meaning, the one in Hazlet, or are we going to meet in the, in the city, downtown Lansing. So this is somehow our symbol. And generally speaking, the Chrysler town and country is reliable to be driven everywhere where people live and work. Therefore, from now on, for those who plan to buy a car, and if you are a member of St. Luke, we recommend that you invest your money on this rewarding dual purpose strong vehicle called town and country. Maybe we will change our billboard also saying town and country congregation. Unity. Today we are celebrating, celebrating Unity Sunday and we have come in both campuses to worship and receive God's grace from the one who physically or socially and spiritually united us to worship him, serve him, to love him, and also to serve and love the neighbor. One body, united and becoming one body. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, he writes like this about the oneness, about this unity that we are talking and celebrating today. For just as the body is one and has many members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. How did this happen? Or how can this happen? He continues saying, 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. We were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. We were made to drink of one spirit. In order to be one body, we drank one spirit, as the translation said. Not made, but we drank one spirit. What does this mean? Called, cleansed, forgiven, and made ready to be on our wheels to serve and to go into the world. This morning, in both services, the choir sang, Someone is waiting to hear the message from. That's what they said before they go. They sang that song. You are the one who should give them the message. You and me. That's the song. My friends, why is it mandatory that Christians must walk in unity? Well, this unity is even recommended in the secular world that we are living. And I would like to share with you what the secular view and how important this unity is when people live together. Our country is called the United States of America. Fifty states in the land called America are united to live, to work together, to prosper, to help each other, to defend, to promote our values, to live peacefully. Then we have the United Kingdom, the United Nations, the United Arab Emirate, African Union, Umoja means oneness or unity. Al-Wahda, if you go in the Arab world, means unity. Unity. United. United for the same purpose of living together with certain principles and objectives. We need and we live in unity to enjoy our freedom and democracy and implement our aspirations. Unity. We talk about that. Now, why do we Christians walk in unity? There are four reasons that I have laid this morning and I will share them with you. First and most, we are united and we need unity because God himself united with us through his son Jesus Christ. It's not from us, but God, he united. He came. He dwelt. The separation took way back from the day our parents fell. It was read this morning from the Old Testament. But God himself united with us through his son Jesus Christ for his divine purpose to be fulfilled. He entered our sphere. That's why the Holy Spirit drives us also to sing, we are one in the Lord and one in the Spirit. 
the spirit that we drank, the spirit that changed us, the spirit that united us with Jesus and God our Creator. Again, it is because we drank one spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, that we need to keep this unity. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Romans in the 15th chapter, listen what he said. May the God who gives you, this is his benediction and wishes, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourself as you follow Jesus Christ. What he is saying, if you want to, continue to remain united with Jesus. And if you are claiming to be followers of Jesus, redeemed by Jesus, you need this unity among yourself. So that with one heart, one desire, and one mouth, that is the confession, the praise, the worship, the truth that we proclaim, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You need the spirit of unity if you want to claim to be, I belong to Christ, or Jesus saved me. Second one is Jesus reestablished God's unity with all men, and he still continues with the teaching of the apostles and the church of the apostles that we are part of it today. In our opening song this morning, we sang, The church's foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the world. From heaven he came and chose to be his holy bride. Holy bride. The church, you and me, are like the bride to her bridegroom. And it is the same for Jesus when he comes from heaven. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Again the choir sang, John 3.16, God so loved the world. Yet she is on earth, has union with God, the three in one, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Son and Holy Spirit. Union, oneness, unity. You know, in, in, in the book of Psalms, the word steadfast love is repeated again, again, and again because of your steadfast love. Because of his steadfast love. Because of his steadfast love, God did this and that for us. When I read this, when we read this, vocabulary, steadfast love. Of course, that is a maximum. Love that never changes. Love that never fails. But still, it lacks some substance of definition. In the original language, for those of you who know the biblical language, steadfast love is translated like hesed. Hesed in Hebrew is jealousy. You are jealous. Maybe the closest 
from a positive perspective is, is that obsessed. I don't know how many times you might have experienced what this obsession is. You can be obsessed of people, you can be obsessed of some artifacts, you can be obsessed of something, right? You can be obsessed of your spouse. Steadfast love. Hesed is really the root meaning of this verb is to become jealous. You don't want someone to come to snatch it. You don't want someone to touch it, right? It's mine. He is mine. She is mine. We have heard our children, grandchildren say, mine! Okay, they are obsessed. God is obsessed. That's why he gave a life to die. Jesus re-established this unity with the Father, our Creator. Holy Spirit is renewing it also in the midst of us. Friends, look how important this unity with Jesus and us. When Paul again was writing about this unity to the Ephesians, he tells them, I urge you to live a life worthy of calling that you have, or of the calling that you have received. You know, when we, are, when we drink the Holy Spirit, it means we are washed, cleansed, ready-made to be sent, to be used, to be resourceful people for God's kingdom. And he said, worthy of the calling you have received, he says, but be completely humble and gentle. He didn't say partially, but be completely humble and gentle. And we know the things that humble us. And we know the things that makes us gentle before the sight of God. The secular world also can teach us. Counselors, they can tell us how to become humble and gentle. But when it comes humbleness in our society now, if you humble yourself, oh, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> you should be aggressive. Self-esteem is sometimes dangerous before the sight of God. But he said, be completely. I'm impressed by this word, how what Paul was feeling. Be completely humble and gentle before the sight of God. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. It is hard to love. It is hard to love. It is easy to hate. And he also concluded this exhortation by saying, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity. How important it. Give the very penny that you have for this unity because it will reward you. This unity will reward us 
From a social point of view, it will reward us if we unite. And from the spiritual aspect, if we reunite, then the divine purpose, eternal purpose of God will be fulfilled by us. Others will be receiving the message. They will be drawn by this unity and love. This morning I said to the early, in the early worship service here, sometimes when, when people join the, the congregation, you hear people saying, I love that church. That church is friendly. That church is this. Oh, the potlucks are wonderful. The food is wonderful in that church. And it's, it's beyond that. They have to see the unity. The blameless unity. The pure unity in us. That's what should draw people to be part of this family of Christ. The third is Jesus wants us to be united. He wants our unity to be strong and genuine in the knowledge of the saving word and carry the message to the city and to the country, wherever people are, where vulnerable people are, where the hungry are, where the misguided are, where the needy are, where the rich and the knowledgeable, where the wise and the fool are. He wants us that our unity to be genuine wherever people are so that we can witness. How do we acquire this knowledge? I say thank you for this church. God has given us a young pastor, sometimes I call him Young Luther, who is wonderful in teaching the programs, the teachings, the syllabus that he prepares for this great church, Pastor Sutton. I pray for you, my brother, or my son. <laughs> we need that. We need to learn the word of God in home groups, Bible study groups, our family devotion at home, at workplace. We need we need to grow in knowledge so that we can be capable, well-equipped to share it. So that we can have also a unity in the faith that we confess. Unity in faith. In order to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the face and knowledge of the Son of God. He recommends that. The fourth reason that we need unity is or on why Jesus wants us to unite is to face the present battle against the evil of the world. My brothers and sisters, even my children, we are in a warfare. Morally and spiritually, we are a fallen nation. We are morally and spiritually fallen nation. Forgive me. I'm not saying there is... A 
an extra scene or something grave in the United States. Sin is everywhere, but in our society, we are falling, spiritually dying. And we are in a warfare. We need to unite. Satan is the master of all evil, such as division, dissension, hate, gossip, nepotism, tribalism in Africa, all kinds of corruption. He is active. He solicits these things. He brings them to us to divide us. In today's gospel, we read that after Jesus called his disciples, when he united them, embraced them, and gave them the power to go with the good news and also to break and crush the power of, of Satan. What did his enemies say? They didn't want to believe him. They didn't want to trust him. What they saw, what they experienced. Aha, this guy is doing all these things because he is driven by Beelzebul, the chief of the demons. He is possessed. Jesus was surprised. And he said, how can Satan cast out Satan? How can? And in order to teach his disciples and the crowd and those who were against him, he said, if a kingdom divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a church is divided, that church cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. If dad and mom didn't agree, that house is falling. <laughs> the family falls into crack. That's what he's saying. Friends, let us remember that our adversary or enemy is in warfare against our union with Jesus. He doesn't want us to to unite and to receive the means of uniting us to him. He doesn't want that. And he doesn't want the unity with each other. He wants to divide us. He knows that our unity with Jesus is the power that drives us to do the will of God and the will of our Savior, the divine will. He knows that the Christian unity is an engagement of eternal self-service that takes people to heaven in God's creation, in God's eternal purpose. He knows. Let's remember that our unity with Jesus Christ has no end or any pause or any retirement. It cannot stop. But that's what he is waging war against. This unity. Unity in the family. Unity at workplace. Unity in the church. Unity in the community. Unity in the nation. Among the tribes. He brings all these dissension and divisions. We know that Jesus prayed for this unity of his people. Few days before he was taken to the cross, 
He prayed like this in John chapter 17. Father, my prayer is not for them alone. These are the twelve. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. The message his disciples will be carrying. I pray for them. They are very far. I pray for them. That all of them may be one. All of them may be one. Those who are near, those who are far, may be one. I pray for this. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. He gave us this glory. What kind of glory is this? Is this a glory that we can count with money, gold, and silver? No. Eternal life. Salvation. Eternal peace. In the, even the peace that dwells in us now in the midst of all the crises that we face daily. That's what Jesus prayed. But we are in a warfare. My friends, what is left after this wonderful prayer and will of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That this unity is our power. This unity is a unity that came from heaven. There is a song that says, Onward Christian Soldiers. This morning we sang it twice. It was my fault, Cheryl, I confess now. Okay, if I tell them after reading the last stanza of this one and if I ask, emotionally ask, let's do it again, it's not your fault, it's my fault. You, it was supposed to be only once. May I ask the congregation to rise, hold our hands, and Cheryl will be leading us with this one. says, like a mighty army moves the church of God, meaning we, like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints trod. We are not divided, all one body, we, one in hope, one in doctrine, and one in charity. Let's sing the refrain once more. 